Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to Conversations with Carroll. I'm Nolan Carroll. I'm with one of my old teammates and a good friend, Earl Wolf. He played with the Philadelphia Eagles with me. He ended up retiring. He played five years, and now he's on to other endeavors. But I want to get into it, Earl. Thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate you. Definitely want to dive into what's going on in the NFL now today. There's been a bunch of injuries. There's been a bunch of people going down left and right without the proper care of preparing for an NFL game. And I know you went through injuries, and you had to sustain multiple times where you had to come back and rehab. So I just want to ask you, how was that process, and how were you able to overcome it mentally? Because it does take a toll on you when you've sustained multiple injuries time and time again. Yeah. First of all, uh, thanks for having me, bro. No Good problem. to be here, man. Yeah. You know, it's it, my pleasure to be with, with my brother, Nolan Carroll, yes, conversation yes, with Carroll. Um, but it's it's crazy because you see more and more injuries every week, um, and and it's mainly knees. And it, I feel like, like you said, it's from not being able to to, to prepare. You know, we usually usually go through OTAs, the training camp, where your body is your body is ready. You know, yeah. your body is is used to moving around on that turf, breaking yeah. on that turf. And now everybody's moving full speed off the rip, you know. Yeah. And I feel like even during camp, usually when we start, we start off and we go straight at it, oh, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. They had to build up, kind of get OTAs in, get everything in, and then by the time they go full speed, it's game time, Ooh, you know. That's tough. Um, so I feel like that's 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 kind of you know uh, what happened with everything. All the injuries, that's why the injuries are occurring. Mm-hmm. Um, but mentally, uh, I made it through. I had uh, six injuries in five years, major injuries. Boy. They had me out for uh, uh, 10 weeks or, or, or less every year, mm-hmm. you know, uh, except for the first year when I missed the, uh, the, the end of the season. Um, and if it wasn't for my faith, I definitely wouldn't have made it, you yeah. know. Um, and not mentioning, I've been playing football since I was nine years old. I had never missed a game in my life until I got to the NFL. Um, and uh, I went from my tearing my PCL with being a four- to six-week injury to it still lasts, it still hurting right now, you know, day-to-day at yeah. times. Um, man, like I said, it wasn't for my faith, man. It's, it's no telling where I would be. I, I, I kept the faith. I bounced back, injured again, bounced back, injured again, all stemming from the same injury, but it wasn't even an injury. Like, you know, you were there with me. It yeah. was the proper care. Yeah. Um, so when I was at Philly, my rookie year, I started eight games. Uh, week 10 against the Packers, I tore my PCL, um, got pushed in the back illegally, trying to trying to beat a cut block, landed on my knee and tore my PCL. Um, and like I said, it being a, from it being a four to six week injury, uh, I remember at week three, I had talked to D'Amico Ryans and, and Riley Cooper, who had PCL injuries in the, in the past. Um, and they had the same grade, grade one to grade two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I asked them, like, yo, where were y'all at this, around this time? And both of them said they played week three of that four to six week injury. But I was still working on my flexion. Yeah. And it was still bothering me with extension. Yeah. So I'm like, how is it only a grade one to grade two when... I'm still in like pain, even having flexion. They want me to play next week. Now that was when I was there in 15. Nah, this is nah, no, no. So this, this is 14. This so is 13. Yeah, you came, you came 14, right? You I came, came 14. 14. Yeah, this is 13. So 13, go through that play in 13 where you got injured. Okay, so because you were balling before that, I remember. Yeah. I saw glimpses of you. I didn't know really who you were back then, yeah. but I remember that play. So I want you to describe it, how it went through, and then detail me, kind of after when you talked to D'Amico the stuff that transpired with the the trainers, the coaching staff, like, yeah. like all of those things. Take me yeah. through that. Um, so um, the whole practice, the whole week we was planning on beating, like beat the crack back, beat the crack, you mm-hmm. know, and the crack is when, you know, the receiver comes from the side and tries to, so if I'm here, I'm inside, you know, I'm playing safety, the receiver comes and tries to beat you, 
tries to push you in so the running back can go around. Yeah. So whole week we literally beat the crack, you know, elbow here, extend, you yeah. know, uh, attack. So that's what my plan was. So as soon as I see the toss, I ran straight down. Zoom straight down. That zoom straight down. The receiver came in. He kind of hit me like in the back right here. And as, and, but as I'm hit me in the back, as I was breaking down for a tackle on yeah. Eddie Lacy. Yeah. So as I'm breaking down, I literally drop all my weight, and he took his leg from me. So my knee just pounded the ground, you know. Um, and I actually still made the tackle. Um, but when I got up, I, I got up for a second. I stood up. I'm like, ooh. It, it wasn't really painful, but it was. It felt like my knee was on fire, like a burning sensation. Yeah. So I stood up, jumped around for a second, sat back down. Uh, the trainers came, tended to me, took me to the sideline. Um, ACL, cool, PCL, oh no, ACL, LCL, MCL, meniscus, everything was good. They checked the PCL a couple of times. They was like, PCL, how you feel? I was like, it feels a little bit. I feel like a burning sensation, but I don't really feel any pain. Mm-hmm. Checked it again. He was like, you're done for the game. I'm like, done for the game? What? Like, you don't even feel that bad. So they took me back to the locker room um, at halftime. Check my knee again. It was like uh, the way it feels. Probably a four to six week injury. I'm like four to six weeks. Somebody miss games? Like it, yeah. there's no way is that serious. You weren't used to that. No, nah, I've never game. never missed a game in my life. Yeah. Since I since since I was playing in second grade, you know. Um. So after the game, you know, whatever. It was like, Earl, go home, rest. And tomorrow morning, come in for MRI. That night, kind of went out. You know, we beat the Packers. You know, it was a, it was a really good game. And my knee felt fine then. Uh, I woke up the next morning. I couldn't even bend my leg. Like with a slight bend, I was in excruciating pain. Damn. My brother had to come and help me put on my clothes. Like, it was that, I couldn't move my leg. Wow. Um, so that's why I knew, like, yeah, my knee is really messed up. Uh, so, of course, get the, you know, get the uh, MRI, grade one to grade two, PCL. Came in, like, early after 46 weeks. Uh, I'm like, there's no way. Like, uh, so, of course, we, we one go through rehab, we two go through rehab, we three hits. Um, they're like, Earl, how do you feel? I'm like, I can't even bend my leg all the way, mm-hmm. you know? It was like, you think you'll be ready next week? I'm like, yeah, I, I think I'll be ready next week. I hope I'll be ready next week. So they're trying to pressure you. Yeah. yeah. So then week four hits. When week four hits, um, they're like, Earl, are you ready to play? Like, you got to be right. We need you right now. Like, literally, I'm not making this story up. I had a meeting with Chip and Coach Davis, you know, D, the D coordinator head coach. Mm-hmm. It was like, Earl, we feel like we can we can tell you this, you know, because you're a young guy, you you know, you're very humble. Um, but, like, they pulled out, like, stats. So Earl, when you're on the field, it shows that we our defense plays better it to, and like total yards you know, per game. When you're, when you're off the field, this is what it is. Like, we need you back. Like, you know, so I'm like, I'm, I'm trying my best, you know, to come back as soon as I can. Mm-hmm. So I missed that week four. So week five hits, uh, and I'm still like, now I can, I kind of almost have full flexion, but at the top I'm getting like a sharp stabbing pain. Um, so I go in, uh, so I go in, you know, the little room where the trainers are. Yeah. Trainers, doctors, like a little back room. They usually keep the door cracked. They close the door. They still want you to hear outside. Yeah. Yeah, they close the door. I walk in, and Doc's sitting there, you know, Monty, Joe, mm-hmm. and all them, Paduzzi. Mm-hmm. All them sitting there, and they was like, oh, how you feel, man? I'm like, uh, um, right now, if the game was, the game was today, I'll be honest, I wouldn't be able to play. I was like, but if it's, if it's in God's plan, then Sunday I'll be playing if my knee feels like better. Because right now, I feel like where I'm at, I'll be hurting the team more than helping the team. And I just want to help the team. Yeah. You know, he was like, um, well, Baduzzi, Doc says, uh, well, Baduzzi says you look fine. Like, so I, I, think, I think you'll be good. Let me check your knee. I'm like, then I already feel the energy. I'm like, I already know where this is going. Mm-hmm. So he checked my knee. He was like, ah, uh, a little loose, but feels pretty stable. You know, how does that feel? I'm like, kind of painful. He's like, okay, um, well, Earl, you, you feel pretty good. 
and upstairs they need you to play. I'm like, I don't think I understand what I'm telling y'all. Like, and not to mention the day before I was practicing, um, and I was limping, like limping in practice, like trying. I made like a little, like a little play on the screen, yeah. but I was limping to the ball, mm-hmm. and it was so bad to the point that with Kerry Williams, like, Yo, Earl, get out, bro. Like, yeah. I can tell you in pain, get out. Now with that situation happening, is it one of those things where you're in it, you don't want to? I guess it's almost like you don't want to show that you're weak. You're almost tough. Is that how how you felt? leading up to that week where they were telling you, we need you on the field? Um, it's like I didn't want to let them down, yeah. you know? My, you know, you know me, I'm trying, I'm, my thing yeah. is make everybody happy. I don't want nobody to feel no kind of way about me, yeah. you know? So when I'm in there, I'm still thinking the same thing. And then when they told me, uh, Paduzzi, literally exact words are, doctor says you're fine, I think you're fine, you're fucking playing on Sunday. I said, Ooh. That's a strong word, that's why he's not there no more. I'm like, what? I said, I told you. I said, I'm, I'm trying to keep my calm, I said, because I, I feel like he was trying my manhood. You know, I'm like, I told you, if it's in God's plan, I'll play Sunday. Mm-hmm. The way I'm feeling right now, I can't play. Yeah. You know, he was like, well, earlier, he, he said, uh, you haven't showed a sign of effing toughness since you've been here. Mm-hmm. And I snapped. Wow. Went off. They had to grab me, I snapped. I'm like, but I felt like he, he was pushing my buttons. He was just trying to push my buttons, you know, as a young player, not knowing. I'm always smiling, always happy. You know what I'm saying? Like, not, mm-hmm. not knowing that, like, yo, you, like, you're not about to try me right now. Yeah. So Sunday comes and I play against the Bears. Mm. So I'm playing against the Bears. Um, and we're already going, we already going to the playoffs. Yeah. We're like 10 and four, you know? Um, so we was watching a uh, whole week. They run the curl. They run that two out, run the <laughs> curl. And they got in that snug formation. I'm like, yo, it's about to come. Mm-hmm. Not to mention my knee's hurting during warm up. My knee's hurting during the game. Mm-hmm. They put me in like the second series. So then I see it coming, boom, they run that, they run it out. Run, Brandon Marshall running the curl. Okay. I break down the curl, put my foot in the ground, I come in, and I'm jumping in front of him, and the ball is right here. I, I, catch, I catch the ball and I feel up in my knee. I feel pop in my knee, I'm like, I, I dropped the ball though, I dropped the ball. I, I grab my knee and I, and I kind of like, I limp off the field, limp off the field to the sideline. Um, it's like, oh, and everybody, oh, Earl, good, good play, good play. I'm like, yo, my knee is killing me. Like, I felt the pop. I'm like, yo, I might have just tore my ACL type thing. Mm-hmm. So as I, they check my knee on the side, like, Earl, you feel fine, go back in the game. I'm like, yo, I don't, I, I feel way worse than when I started. I didn't even feel good before the game started. Damn. So Coach Level coming to me to Earl. They, they called downstairs to go in the game. I said, I can't go in. So I stood there. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going in. Yeah. I can't play right now. Like, so, and that was like, and so the game ends. I mean, Coach Level coming to me like, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed in you. I said, disappointed in me? I'm disappointed in y'all. Like, why y'all just, like, I don't think y'all understand. Why do you think that is, though? I've always wondered, I, if you're hurt, why do they pressure you into, because they should understand and know every football player is, has some level of toughness. But you know when a guy is, there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. Yes. If a guy is injured and he can't play, why even try and pressure somebody to go back out there and risk themselves even more? Exactly. And, and I look at that as like, it's like, I'm a rookie. Don't you think I want to play? Yeah. I want to start. I want to ball. Like, yeah. I want to play. Exactly. So if I can't play, I really can't play. And me not missing any games in my life, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, I just never got hurt. Mm-hmm. I played. I tore my shoulder twice, tore, tore my left shoulder twice, right shoulder twice, played with a poor groin. Like, so it wasn't like I was me- mentally weak. Yeah. Like, I pushed through everything, but that knee isn't no joke. No, it's not at all. You know? So then, that, you know, that next year, when I met my dog, well, my I brother right here, you know, my brother Nolan Carroll, you know, that guy. You were still talking about it. You kept saying, well, I, I didn't still, know the whole history behind that, that, that time. But I remember 
guys were kind of like getting on you a little bit, like Earl, stop limping, or Earl, it's just a, a minor thing. Like you got to get over it. Even the trainers would come at you and say, "Hey, you got to rehab a little bit more." But I, it was so weird because me not knowing the whole situation, I was I used to look at it like he's just playing around, like he's milking it a little bit. But as the season went on, it got worse progressively, and it wasn't something that I think it still reoccurred from the season before to yep. now, and I think that attitude with them still hold true to 2014 because it got to a point where it was real evident that something's wrong with you. Yeah. Like, that's when I, I, I remember we were out in practice and you could not move, and me and Kerry were looking at each other like, something's wrong with this guy, for real. Because we, we used to play around with you and joke yeah. around all the time, but I didn't know it was that serious, and then when it actually happened, you were going through it, I was like, wow, why didn't they at least give him more attention than what he had. So for you, going through it for almost two years, and then the middle of the season, I think, is when you had season-ending surgery. How was that knowing that you had to endure that for almost a year, two years, then to try and come back and then deal with that bull crap still that was lingering from really the first injury that they didn't, they neglected, basically? Yeah, um, it, it was just me coming, just, just Everybody on the outside looking at you know it was just like oh yeah they had the best trainers they have team doctors, but I tell people all the time, when you just and when you think about it right so we have team doctors supposed to be the best doctors in that area, mm -hmm. and no team doctors does they don't do any surgeries for no players. Yeah, they refer them, they push them out to other guys. They push them out to other guys, you know they prefer them to other guys and or and like you said, and a lot of guys want to get surgeries from different doctors because they don't trust the team doctors, mm -hmm. you know because even with me it's like y'all y'all continuously lied yeah. to me. More than importantly, I lied to the coaches. Yeah. So, I, I, so I, that second year, you know, I had five MRIs on my knee. I remember. During the season. Yeah. I'm training camp running, knee gaping out. You know, oh, we, you're fine, good up, MRI, oh, nothing is wrong. And then that, that season, I couldn't squat 135 pounds. Yeah, I couldn't put 135 pounds in a bar and squat, but I'm practicing every day. I know. I know I used to hit your mental because it was, you wanted to do it. I remember there would be days, like one or two days, like, I'm good. I feel and a lot better. That yeah. third day where it's like, I can't run, I can't move. And I know that messed with your mental a lot because you had a lot of people on the team that are watching that don't know exactly your whole situation. Yep. So mentally, how challenging was that for you to one day know you're good and then the next day know I'm not so good. I have scouts, I got my agent, I got GMs all looking at me and they see me not on the field. They're thinking I'm damaged goods or they're thinking I'm not contributing to the team. How was that to your mindset? Um, it, it, it's, it was real difficult, man, just knowing the kind of player I can be mm -hmm. and not being able to make those same plays because I'm injured, you mm -hmm. know? Not even hurt, I'm, I'm practicing injured, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I remember a couple of times we was in, they, they threw the, they threw the uh, corner route. Usually I, I, I break on that. The least I can do is, you know what I'm saying? I can pick it off every, almost every time because yeah. I, I read it, you know, I'm pretty instinctive and pretty explosive. Yeah. A couple of times it was like I reach out and I might tip the ball where I can't get there. Yeah because of the pain I was feeling in my knee. Mm -hmm. So I, I couldn't even be the player I was. So that was on a good day. A good day for me was 85%. Mm -hmm. That was a good day. Mm -hmm. You know, the worst I would feel would be like 40%, you know, and, and that pain would be like an eight, you know, out of 10. Now, every day I went home, I couldn't walk. Yeah. Every day I went home, I couldn't walk. I could barely walk. And it's to the point where, you know, I, I had, I lived in Jersey at the time, so I, I, we had stairs, of course, in the mm -hmm. place. And I wouldn't go upstairs until it was time to go to sleep, because if I went upstairs, I couldn't come back down, wow. you know? And, uh, you know, so I went through those five MRIs, and I finally went up to Chip, because I felt like they was about to release me. Yeah. Went up to Chip, and I'm like, Chip, there is something wrong with me. Please, mm -hmm. like, can you help? I need help. I just mm -hmm. see somebody else. 
He was like, Earl, uh, I heard you haven't been doing rehab. I said, I'm in there every day. Yeah. It told me I didn't even come no more. Like, wow. I'm in there every day though. I want, I want to be the player I was before, the player I know I can be. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying, I'm in there every day. He said, let me call, let me call Paduzzi and, and um, Paduzzi and uh, DeLuca, Dr. DeLuca. He mm-hmm. called him up. He was like, uh, oh, he was like, oh, hey, Earl, try to be all night. Not to mention, they used to, Paduzzi's the worst, man. It's like he don't look at you as a human. He don't view you as a human at all. Like, he's it. super disrespectful. It. Trust me, I went you, through You it. tell him how you feel. Like, every day, he, every day I was in rehab. Or how do you feel? I'm like, today is about a six out of ten. I get the hell out of here. Like you ask me how I feel, I tell you you're feeling it's an issue. Yeah. You know. So they came up, talked to them too. You know, it like uh, Chip was like, oh, Earl said he's been in treatment. Oh well, he's been, he's been kind of coming in. You know, doing stuff after. You know, it was Girl like, bus. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought to say he wasn't in. It was like, yeah. He was like. Earl also said he can't squat 135 pounds and do a body weight lunge without coming up in like pain. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, you can't, Earl? I said, I've been told y'all this. What you mean I can't? Like, he was like, Earl, clearly they don't know what they're doing. I'm gonna send a Dr. James Andrews in Pensacola, you know, the best doc, one of the best doctors in the world. Yeah. I'm gonna send y'all to him. Um, I'm gonna send you to him like today. Literally, he called, called Dr. Andrews. I flew up there that day. Dr. Andrews saw me that day, um, looked at my knee. Um, so before he even looked, before he did MRI, any MRI, looked at any MRIs, looked, he measured, he looked at my quads and was like, yo, that left quad is so much bigger than the right quad. Let me measure it. He measured him both. So said, Earl, before we do an MRI, you're, you're done for the season. This is week nine. You're done for the season. Your right quad is so much smaller than your left, you're probably one break away from tearing everything. Like he said, your leg looks so weak. Mm-hmm. And I could tell it was so weak. So then he looks at the MRIs that they said nothing was wrong with he says, um, so I'm, as I'm looking at the MRIs, he said, Earl, like, your knees run bone to bone. After, after the first one, a little bit, then more and more and more. Mm-hmm. That's the pain you're feeling. If you would have came to me the first MRI, the second, I would have the scope, you would have been fine. Now I'll probably have to do a microfracture. It took too long. I'm like, what's a microfracture? He was like, we drill holes in your knee, bleeds, car over. Um, I'm like, how long did it take? I'm like, maybe four weeks, six weeks, even like 10 months. Yeah. Eight, yeah. eight to 10 months minimum. Yeah. So, my thing is always trying to find the positive. Ever. Even I was so upset. I'm like, wow, like they really like, I messed it in my career, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I always find the positive out of it. I'm like, wow, this, I'm gonna be out for ten months, probably eight, ten months. This will give me time to get 100 percent and be the player I know I can be, mm-hmm. you know. So I go back, you know, I'm super, I'm super upset. I remember I told Shady everybody there, and Shady started yelling out, I mean, I've been lying to my man the whole time. Mm-hmm. Y'all are terrible. Like, I've been lying to my man, just, just keep yelling. Paduzzi was like, oh, he'll be fine. Like, he don't even. He's the one that calls most of and, and, and so, once again, it's, if it wasn't for my faith, I wouldn't be able to even to, 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 to find the positive out of the situation and literally mm-hmm. pray to God about that positive, you know, and, and, and just not even think about the negative. Think about being back in 10 months and being 100%, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you know, so I went through that, I went through that rehab the eight to, that eight to 10 months. Um, but, not to mention, uh, Andrews gave him the script. First of all, he asked him, he's like, yo, can Earl stay here for a month or two and like mm-hmm. get right? Please, like, he's been he's been in a lot of pain, he's been going through a lot. And no, we want him back up here now. Send me back up there. Andrew gave him a script, they didn't follow the script at all, all the way off the script. Me being a young player, once again, it's like, I'm like, the script says this, well, you're doing this. Yeah. All right, man, okay. Like, if you think it's gonna help me still, I, I, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, it tried to get me back in six months. Did not work. I could barely, I could barely jog. I remember. We yeah. were doing OTAs and stuff. Yep. And you remember? Like, it was terrible. You couldn't even show up some of the time. Like, yeah. You had to be inside. I was yeah. just like, man, he just had surgery during the season. What's going on? I think that's what everybody was also wondering. And we also, then we have, we had a new coach too. So that played into it because you're, 
not only one, trying to find an uphill battle, trying to get back on the field, but two, you got to make a good first impression yes. with the new DB coach, our DB coach at least, Coach Corey. So with you in, in that, it's kind of like tumultuous a little bit because if you couldn't do things on the field, you had to do a lot off the field. Yep. And a lot off the field was more mental than any, any physical. And I remember that balance, trying to keep it while you're fighting with your mental to tell yourself to get back is hard. It's yeah. very difficult. It's something that doesn't matter how great your day can be going, there's always a voice in your head that tells you, I don't think you can do it. Yep. I don't know if you're going to be able to come back. So for you, and I remember it, you were trying to practice. You tried to come back. You were working hard to come back, and ultimately they ended up releasing you. How did that make you feel? I know you you can tell your story after, but yeah. going through that process, trying to get back, and them still not appreciating what you went through to at least attempt to get back on the field, how did that make you feel to know that basically somebody turned their back on you? Yeah. Um, I said, I, it's crazy. People, a lot of people are mad at Chip Kelly, right? Mm -hmm. But me and Chip had a couple conversations. We had a conversation before, mm -hmm. um, and we had a conversation after. Because you know, after those 10 months, I got cleared for four days yeah. and couldn't walk. Yeah. And it finally hit me. It finally hit me, like, what are you doing, Earl? Like, just, like, they don't care about you, yeah. you know? I remember walking in there and, like, I tell producers, like, I can't walk today, man. Mm -hmm. After 10 months, four days later, he says, what, what, what can you practice? And it finally hit him, like, they don't give a damn about me. Yeah. They, don't, they don't care about me. Mm -hmm. like, what am I doing? So I'm saying, yeah, I'm not practicing until I get 100%. Mm -hmm. Sat out for 10 days. Every day, how do you feel? 40%. How do you feel? 40%. <laughs> I might, might even feel 65%. Yeah. But 75% of leagues, you can practice. Yeah. So I'm like, every day, 40%. I'm like, shit, bro, did I feel about 75? Probably can try, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not about to be back in that pain. come to the locker room saying that, no, I'm only 60% today. I'm yep. not practicing. Yep. I remember that. Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm down. Yeah, I'm not about to put me back on the field and cut me. Yeah. Like, or just like have me injured again, you know? Mm -hmm. Sit back to Andrews, not the surgery, you know? Um, but Chip calls me. He, and he said, we had like a 30 minute conversation. He was like, Earl, man, I'm, he apologized. I'm so sorry. Like, we never, we, we never really listened to you. I listened to what Paduzzi and, and DeLuca said, you know, and I never really listened to you. And you was like almost crying for help, yeah. like crying for help. Cause I really, every day I was in pain, you know? Um, this kind of, it made me feel a lot better about the situation. He was like, Earl, like, we're going to give you, we're going to, we're going to, uh, release you with an injury waiver. Um, so we'll pay you until you get healthy. Um, he was like, I want you to focus on getting your knee right, you know? We say we're gonna pay you for eight weeks, but you know what, we'll pay you for eight weeks, but if it takes 12 weeks for you to get healthy, just get 100%. Like, I wanna see you back, like, to the Earl Wolf I know you can be. Like, you know, and That's I once again, I, yeah, and like, I, he, and that, that made me respect him so much more, yeah. you know? Um, so, once again, rehab again, you know? But even after that conversation, Chip actually motivated me, you know? like. Because Dr. Andrew, at the surgery, Dr. Andrews was like, Earl, like, he started asking me, what's your plans in life? Mm -hmm. Like, because your knee is probably done. Mm -hmm. Like, you probably won't be able to come back. You won't ever be the player you, are, you, you know, you ever, you know, you, you could be. What are you thinking next in life? I'm like, Doc, I'm not talking about next in life. Yeah. I'm going to get 100%. I said, I'm going to come back and I'm going to ball, you know? I said, I'm a man of faith and I know God got me. Like, this, like I didn't come this far for this, to end my career like this. And yeah. he was like, Earl... If you put it that way, I believe in you, you know? So I did rehab for six months. Um, once again, it, it was tough, man. But I always, once again, I always try to find the positives, man, and just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. And what motivates me is just my mom, you know, mm -hmm. my, which is my, my uh, the backbone of my family. Mm -hmm. 
Um, my family, just my brother, my, my family, my, my family is my, is my like my, my biggest supporters. Yeah, you're real close to them. Yeah, 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 my everything. Um, that's all I need is them and God, and I'm good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just most importantly, even where I come from, like just knowing like I beat the odds, you know, knowing that a lot of people, I motivate a lot of people. A lot of people look up to me, mm-hmm. you know. So even just that, them people texting me like, Earl, man, I'm proud of you. Just keep pushing, keep pushing, stuff like that, you know. Allow me, I feel like to, to make it through that, you know. Then, you know, come back from those, tear both hamstrings the next two years. <sighs> it's pretty rough, man, but, you know, everything happened for a reason. Now we're here, you know? Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I saw it. Every, yeah. I mean, I worked out with you for, yeah. I think, three years, and every year it was, I'm coming off of this injury, I'm coming off of that injury, but it was mainly based off of that very first injury that you and had. Me, everything was... And it was always compounding because it was, okay, I fought this uphill battle, I'm back, now I gotta find another uphill battle. I'm back. Dang, I gotta find another one. I'm back. And through that whole time, I don't know how, besides, I know your family being your support, I know your faith, but what was it that you told yourself to make you wanna get back after all those injuries? Because it wasn't just that one time, it was yeah. every time you signed with another team, it was another injury. Yeah. But you always show that potential that I'm here, I, I can play with everybody. But then that hindrance, that, that adversity that kind of stuck you, how were you able to get over that each time? Because there's people in life that have similar situations that either they get laid off of a job or they have an unfortunate circumstance where they're always constantly taking L's. How are you able how were you able to overcome that? Um first I, I love the game of football to death. Mm-hmm. Like I still miss it every day. I know how much work I put in, you know, and I feel like you appreciate it a lot more when you put in not just the, the normal work, but the extra work. And I was always an extra guy. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, if I do what's on my plate, they say, oh, Earl, do this, I'm gonna do that. But I gotta do more. I gotta be the best. I gotta be the greatest. Like, God blessed me with natural ability, mm-hmm. a lot of natural talent. Like, now I'm gonna I'm do, I gotta do more. I gotta be the best, you know? <clears throat> and that's the way I just, that's the way I looked at it, man. Like, this is just another stepping stone in life. And I'm like, no, I, look, I always look at the future, never look at exactly what's going on. I'm like, when I have kids, right, I said, I'm going to tell my kids the story. Mm-hmm. I went through all this adversity, fought it and beat it, you know. Faced, another, faced some more adversity, fought it and beat it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, a lot of people don't look at it that way, you know. Yeah. Um, that's how I viewed it, you know. And that's how, and even, even my last situation, when I tore my hamstring at Indy and mm-hmm. I played with a torn hamstring, I knew it was one of my last games. And I'm like, I know this is my fifth year, you know, I tore my hamstring again. You know, um, they, I probably won't sign again. Teams, but like, yo, you can't stay healthy for at all. Like, yeah. so I played with a torn hamstring, and just even the the mental then was, it's your last game, bro, go all out. Yeah. Like, oh well, if it tear, I'm, if I said told myself if it tears off the bone, it's gonna tear off the bone. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that's gonna stop me. You know. And I just mentally tough, man. It's just, it's just it's been instilled and instilled with me from my mom being in the military. You know, 32 years to just growing up where I'm from. Once again, I just want to continue to, 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 to defy the odds, man, to show anybody like you can beat anything you face in life, you yeah. know? That's, that's yeah. deep, bro. Yeah, that's bro. deep. I yeah. Appreciate, like, honestly, I appreciate you, and I appreciate just looking at your journey, because I'm always a guy that looks at other people, and I've seen yeah. from the first time I met you down here in Miami to, yeah. to playing with you and seeing everything that you had to go through, you always kept a smile on your face, always. which is, I think, is the biggest and most important thing that anybody can do that's going through any type of adversity and kind of want to switch gears a little bit to more of stuff on the personal side. Yeah. You see a lot of guys today are 
everybody, flash and dash and always want to show people what they have, what they got, especially football players. Athletes were, were targeted. No matter yeah. how inconspicuous you try and be, low-key, people are always looking at us. Yep. And you went through a situation that when you called and told me about it, I honestly, I didn't even believe it. I was laughing at first when you told me. I remember. But when you started going into the details of it, I was like, wow. This isn't something that just only happened to you. This is always happening to athletes that don't get enough coverage. And when it does happen, people always blame us as the ones that are the bad guys. Yep. Because they say, oh, we shouldn't do this. We shouldn't be here. We shouldn't be that. So I want you to explain your story and, okay. and how that transpired and take me through the whole events of that night. Okay. Um, so, you know, I'm from Fayetteville, North Carolina, man. Um, Fayetteville, Rayford, you know, uh, from that, that area, which is just all one, all, all one city, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and growing up, I said, you know, I've been around a lot, seen a lot from either you're a gangster, you're a drug dealer, you go to the military, literally, and they go to the military, you yeah. know. Um, but I never wanted to be that, and I felt I had a lot of respect from everybody. Mm -hmm. I'm talking out of respect from everybody, you know, just because of, I never tried to be any of that. I was always myself, always true to myself, you mm -hmm. know. Um, so just growing up, I had that much respect from from everybody in the whole in the whole city. Mm -hmm. um, and not to mention, I've never looked at nobody like I never looked at anybody like I'm better than them because of my position and where I'm at. Yeah. So I treat everybody the same because to me, I don't care how much money you have, who you are. We're all we're all on the same playing level, you know. And I got a lot of respect for that. Um, so every time I went home, I would still do the same things I used to do in regards to like being with being with my boys, mm -hmm. you know, going out to these clubs I probably shouldn't be at, you mm -hmm. know. But anytime I was even out, I felt safe because my boys they would walk me in, they would walk me out before the club ended, and I would drive home, yeah. you know, and I would leave. Mm -hmm. um, most importantly, my family was there. You know, my sister has four kids. You know, I'm their father. They look at me like as their father, so I'm like their father figure. Yeah. Um, so I went. I was home often, seeing my mom, seeing my sister. Uh, the kids, um, and that week, it was in February, February 23rd, February 26th, and I was in Atlanta with my boys. Um, on the way back, we was gambling, playing tunk, and they beat me, you know, and I'm super competitive. I'm like, tomorrow I'm going to see y'all, I'm going to pull up to the crib tomorrow, we'll get back on, play, you know, play some more, get my money back. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I went, my, uh, went back to my mom's house, uh, I called my sister, like, hey, where you at, where the kids at? She was like, oh, uh... The kids at daycare, uh, you can you pick them up from like always. I always go home, I surprise my nephews and my niece at daycare. They go crazy, mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I just love that feeling. Yeah. Um, and that, that was like around 2.30. So I went to my boy house around 11, we gambled. Around uh, 1.30, I had everybody money. I had all the money. I'm like, yo, I'm about to get out of here. Mm -hmm. Daycare, daycare, uh, I got daycare at 2.30. I'm about to be out, and I had all everybody money. Like Earl, come on, bro. Like literally, I had every dollar. He like Earl, and then they get a loan. I gave him a little loan, beat him again. So now two o'clock, and I'm like, yo, it's time. I really got to go. Yeah. My sister calls me at two, and she's like, hey, Earl, um, is pouring down like thunder, lightning, pouring down rain. And she's like, Earl, I'ma get him. Just come out later. I said, of course. So everybody loans like here. All right, now let's let's play. But also, even I'm gambling, I'm like five minutes away from my mom's house. Um, I told my boy like, hey, bro, if anybody gonna be here, I don't know. I'm not coming over there. Yeah. You know, just cause. I'm playing with money. I got driving, driving a Range Rover in Fayetteville, which oh, you don't even see, you yeah. know. I'm like, yeah, I'm not about to get robbed. So I'm not about to, you know. And I understand, I understand. So I gave everybody money. Uh, around 7, I'm, I'm still there at 7 p.m. We done ordered Zaxby's on Zach, multiple times. We done ate. Um, 7 p.m. hit, I, I had no money. So now I'm like asking them for loans. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get my money back. Yeah. My boy, like, my mom said to midnight. My birthday at midnight. I'm like, oh. 
Oh, well. Yeah. I told my sister, like, y'all probably just come out tomorrow. I said, okay, okay, just come out tomorrow. Um, so I remember around 8 o'clock hit, and it just got dark. My boy, like, I had to go outside grab my bag. He goes outside, he grabs his bag, comes back in. He put his pistol on the table. And was, I'm like, bro, you all right? He was like, man, I saw some, I saw some guys out there moving kind of weird, man. I said, I said, where is this? Walking kind on of the street, just looking. But hey, like he was, he, he was overseas for a little bit, Afghanistan. Yeah. His, so whenever he say he sees something, you be like, man, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. bro, you tripping. You know, like, yeah, it can't be that serious. Mm -hmm. So uh, then at 12 o'clock hit, I'm still there. Hey, like, yo, it's my birthday, you know, kind of, you know. I, I, I took a shot with him, you know, for his birthday or whatever. Uh, so 12.30 hit, I'm like, they falling asleep at the table. Like, I'm like, yeah, and they beat me. I'm down a lot. I'm like, bro, y'all got me again today. I'll see y'all tomorrow. He's like, Earl, yeah, man, I'm sorry, man. We, we tired, man. I'm like, yeah, it's cool, bro. So I mean, my boy's about to drive home. He, he, was, he was drinking a little bit. I'm like, bro, we live back. He's like 30 minutes away. I said, don't drive. Yeah. He wanted to stay here, sleep upstairs, bro. Like, he's like, yeah, you're right. I'm going to take a little nap. I said, yeah, take a nap, bro. Take some water and take a nap, you know? Mm -hmm. All right, so I dab both of them up. I walk outside, and me being where I'm from, I know how wild it is. Just in general, I'm always aware of my surroundings. So I'm looking here. I'm looking there. I even look around the corner. I see nothing. Get my car, you know, close my door. Nobody never leaves when they get in their car. You sit in the car for about a couple minutes, you know. I'm on my yeah. phone, I'm on Instagram, looking, you know. And out of nowhere, my door swings open. A guy puts an AK-47 in my head. Give me F and everything. I'm like, what is going on? Mask on. Um, I'm like, yo, you can have. So he pulled me out of the vehicle. I said, you can have anything you want. I just want to go home to my family, bro. Thanks. I gave my kids my wallet, my phone. He's like, get in the F and back seat. Put me in the back seat. I'm like, Yo, what is going on right now? And like now at this point, it's like surreal. It's like unreal what's happening right now. I'm like, yo, it's, what the heck is going on right now? Um, one guy, three guys from the side of the house. One guy come, the guy in the passenger seat, boy, got a shotgun in his lap. Two more guys come from the back. Two more guys come sit in the back seat. So now it's five of us. You know, it's five. I'm in the middle in the back seat. Um, I'm a little hamstring, boy. My hamstring look tight. You know, work out 24/7 for real. Um, I'm in the middle in the back seat. As I'm in the middle of the back seat. Um, they just started driving. They all got masks on. And it was like, the first thing the guy said with driving was, I'm gonna ask you a couple questions. If I feel like you're lying, we're gonna kill you. I'm like, what in the hell is going on right now? Dang. And me just, like, I told you, I've been around it all. I've been around the drugs. I've been around, you know, just not even purposely. Like, yeah. just me being where I'm from, it just, it just happens, yeah. you know? But I've never done a drug in my life. Never smoked in my life, nothing ever. You know, I drink only occasionally, yeah. but I didn't do this stuff. because I didn't want to be in a situation I was in. Mm -hmm. You know, I always wanted to keep my family safe. I always wanted to be safe, you know. Um, so as they're driving, um, he stops the car down the street. He was like, who's in the house? I'm like, I'm not saying the name. So-and-so, so-and-so, and her daughter. Mm -hmm. He was like, okay, so where's the safe? I'm like, safe? Who, who got a safe? Yo, what an effing safe. Don't act crazy. So the guy with a shotgun put a shotgun in my chest and caught the back. He said, bro, you lie one more time. I said, I have no clue where the safe is. I'm not I said, I don't even live here. You know, he was like, who are you? I'm like, dang. I'm like, Earl. He said, Earl who? I said, Earl Wolf. Everybody stopped, turned around, and said, Oh, you the one that you playing the league. Oh, forget the safe. We want you. Where the money at? I'm like, oh, I'm like, man, I have I don't have any money, man. He's like, what do you mean you don't have any money? So then the guy pistol with me. He pistol with me in my face and was like, bro, you think you're playing? Put the gun in my knee, like, well, blow your effing knee off. You'll never play football again. I'm like, bro, I don't have no money right now. I don't have no money on me. Mm -hmm. but he said, hey, well, uh, we'll go to the ATM. We'll take out 10 grand. I said, you can't take out 10 grand in the ATM. They're young guys, they're young boys. Mm -hmm. So you can't take out 10 grand in the ATM, bro. It's impossible. 
I said, I might have a little bit of money in the ATM. I said, listen, man, like, I've been injured every year. Um, I'm like, man, I, I might I might have $500 in my account right now. He's like, five. He said, bro, you think you're playing? I said, listen, you think I'm lying? And even, like, the whole entire time, though, like, I'm praying the whole entire time. So when at first when they asked me all these questions, I can't even talk. I'm stuttering. I got gun. Everybody, literally, two guys on the side pointing a gun in my face. The guy in the passenger with a shotgun got the gun in my chest. The guy with AK-47 is just talking, asking me all kind of other different questions. I can't even talk. I'm stuttering. I'm, I, you know, I got guns in my face, you know. But it's crazy because as I started praying more and more and more, I was I was literally talking to them like this. So he was like, "Yo," he said, "Show me you got show me you got seven dollars in account and, and we won't kill you." So I'm like, how do I show him? I'm like, okay, so you have my phone. $700? I told him that's I told him only had $700. Listen, listen, listen. My bad. <laughs> no, I mean, like, that's all they wanted to see. Nah, I told him that's all I got, you know? Like, you gonna kill me for $700? Yeah. That's all I got. So I show him, so I'm like, you go to my phone, you have my Wells Fargo app. All I have in my wallet is Wells Fargo cards. Mm -hmm. that's, the only, that's the only bank I use. So if I have more than $800, you can kill me. Go to my app, boom, boom, boom. He's like, it's like $720. He was like, I'm saying, listen, bro. Like, I don't, I don't have any money, bro. Like, I've been, I've been struggling. I'm about to get a loan. Just lying. Not, not, not mentioning though. Like, my financial advisor gives me money every week. Oh, yeah. so all my money's in a different account. Oh yeah, Oof. there we go. All my money's in a different account. Um, so he was like, Tom, so you can't get, you can't get us in the house. You don't have no money to give us. We're just gonna kill you. Like, you can't do nothing for us. They drive out, of, they literally drive out of the neighborhood. I'm like, yo, listen. If y'all kill me, I get nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, let's go back to the house. We was gambling with a little bit of money. I have a couple grand in there, man. Just take that, please. Just please. He was like, okay, okay. He turns around, turns back around, pulls up to the house. They pull up to the house. At this time, it's like 2 a.m. Um, they pull up to the house. I start getting out of the car. They get out of the car. They kind of slam the door, kind of slam the door, kind of talking kind of loud. My boy that didn't leave is upstairs, mm -hmm. and the window is cracked. So literally, he said, all you hear is people talking. He said, he kind of get up, look at the window. As he looks at the window, I look up, I see him. Uh, they see him and like, oh, sh they, uh, somebody here, somebody here. Herbie getting house, Herbie getting house. So they rush, they rush, they rush me to the door. They rush me to, to the door. Mm -hmm. Knock on the door. I'm like, uh, my boy, my, my boy, cracking open. Like, are you good? I said, no, bro. Like, I got good. some guys out here. They got guns, man. To my back, they're asking me, like, to, to, to get money out of safe. I know you don't have a safe. I said, bro, we were just gambling. Just give them the money we had gambling, bro. Please, just for, for me, like for my life. Mm -hmm. He was like, I don't even. Uh, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm like, nah, bro. Don't close the door. You close the door. I'm, I'm, I might die. Mm -hmm. He said, I don't know what to do, and he slammed it on my face. As he closed the door, I closed my eyes. I'm thinking I'm about to get shot in the back. Damn. I closed my, as I closed my eyes, the guys uh, start running around and panicking, like, oh, they closed the door, they closed the door, the cops coming, the cops coming. So they start running, start running. So as they running, I'm like, I'm probably good. They might run and just leave me here. They grabbed me. They grabbed me, they put me back in the car, tied tie my arms up with zip tie, tied my legs up with zip tie, put like a shirt over my face. Never ride for about 25 minutes. I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. But the whole time I'm praying, I'm like, God, there's no way I'm gonna die this way. There's no way, I don't deserve to die this way. It's no, and literally, like, I knew when I started praying that I wasn't gonna die. Mm. It's like, I, I knew, it's like, I felt God's presence over me, literally the whole entire time. I'm not dying this way. So we get to like a dark, dark area, they pull me out of the car, they stand over me talking about what they are gonna do, or God, like, yo, just shoot them, just shoot them, kill them, oh well, like. And then uh, a police car, Drives probably about 100 feet away. You they're not even that close to us. They see the car speeding around the corner. I start panicking, like, just leave him, leave him, leave him. The police looking for us, leave him. They got in my car and they drove off and they left me tied up, laying there. So as I'm tied up laying there, I'm like, like, in shock, like, oh my God, I'm alive. Mm. 
So I start kind of fidgeting, you know, my arm tied up. I'm trying to get my arms out. I pop my arms out, but I'm fighting to get my legs out. I can't get my legs out. So I just start hopping, 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 hopping. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta find help. I gotta find help. I have no clue where I'm at. Like a trailer park right here. Then I see like a housing complex way down there. Um, so I hopped, I hopped to the, uh, to the, uh, to, to the, like the trailer park. Mm-hmm. And the first trailer is lights on, people talking. I'm like, yo, I'm from the city. Like people know me. Yeah. Like I hear guys talking. Like, I probably know somebody in this house. So I knock on the door. I back up. Like who is it? I said, sir, uh, I need help. He cracked the door up and said, what? I said, man, and I, I started playing the Jacksonville, so I had on Jacksonville Jaguars shorts. I said, man, my name is Earl. I play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I just got robbed and kidnapped. You just call the police, tell them, tell them to come here, please, please. Mm-hmm. He said, what? I repeated it again. He said, you come to my house at 3 o'clock a.m. tomorrow. You got robbed and kidnapped. I should F and kill you. Pulls out a gun and points it at me. My legs are tied up. I can't move. I'm putting my hands up. I'm like, yo, like, if you can't help me, just let me leave. Please just let me leave. Yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm in shock. I'm like, yo, I just got another situation to get another situation. So I'm tied up, I got my arms up. I'm like, yo, just let me leave, please. A guy come out of the house with a bat. I said, crack, I said, crack your effing skull open. Cocks the bat back, I fall on the ground like this. Like, why? Why are y'all doing this? Yeah. Just let me leave, please. Like, Get the F out of my yard then. So hopping away, hopping away, I hear a gunshot go off. Boom. I fall on the ground, I, start, I roll up, I start touching myself. I roll back over. He had the gun in the air, close the door. This is when I, I start, I break down, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, what is going on? I cannot believe I'm really going through this right now. But as my adrenaline going again, as the gunshot goes off, my adrenaline going again, I pop my legs out. I get up and I just start running. Start running. I look left, right. I was in the main street and I look left, right. I see some lights down to the left, just houses to the left, right. I start running, bro, just sprinting full speed, sprinting, sprinting, sprinting. I go to the gas station, the lights are on. I see the lights. I'm like, oh my God, the lights are on. Somebody got to be working here. Nobody's there. I'm not making this stuff. I see a payphone. <clears throat> I go to grab the payphone. The cord is hanging. I'm like, bro, what's up? Like, that was a crazy night, bro. Bro, so then I'm like, okay, it's a stoplight right here. People going to be driving by stopping. Somebody somebody has to help me, mm-hmm. you know? So then as I, uh, but I'm, I'm not about to stand here, and the guy will drive back around and see me here. So I kind of was hiding behind a light pole. Car pulled up. I st- I'm out 50 feet away, like, excuse me, sir, ma'am, I need help, you know, like, I don't look like I'm on drugs. Yeah. I don't look like nothing. Not to mention it's February, North Carolina. Bro, it's, it's, bro, it's like around, 40 bro. degrees outside, bro. I'm freezing, bro. Like, knee hurting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just coming off that surgery. Like, yeah. it's I'm I'm in just I'm, I'm in distraught, bro. I'm like, yo, I just need help. So like five cars pass by, nobody. Mm-hmm. You no. Know? But I kind of look at it like, yo, if I see somebody like, hey, you know, at three o'clock a.m., I'm gonna just stop him. You know what I'm saying? I might I might drive off too, but I might. At least the thing I might do, I might call the police, you know? Yeah. There's somebody out here, I think they need help, you know? So a, a lady drives by in a van, her window is down. I said, ma'am, please, I've been out here for like an hour. I just need help. I got robbed and kidnapped. Can you please call the police? She looks at me, looks at me, drives off too. So then a white couple comes to the gas station. They park, they park right by the tank. I'm standing right there. I back up. I'm like, sir, ma'am, please. I play professional football. I got robbed and kidnapped. Couple of hours ago, I just been trying to get somebody to call the police. She says, "What? So what do you need me to do?" I say, "Please just call the police." That's all I need you to do. She said, "Well, call the police. Call the police." I start crying like, "Thank God! Like, thank y'all so much. Thank y'all so much." The lady's like, uh, "Yeah." So she comes to me like she said. She comes to me, starts talking to me. You know, uh, like seven police cars pull in. Um, they, start, they kind of start talking to me. The first thing the lady says, the lady officer comes to me. She says, uh, "Mr. Wolf, um, are you a, are you a believer?" I said, yes, ma'am, I am. She said, because if you didn't, I'm going to tell you to stop believing in God today. She said, because usually when we get this kind of call, um, 
usually we find your body or we can't find you, you know, and usually you're dead, especially if you gave, if you gave them nothing. She was like, so I don't know if you had a, a strong praying family. I don't know what it is, but that exactly had to be a prayer is, that kept you safe. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. A strong praying family. Yeah, my, literally my family prayed, like my, my grandma, you know, before she passed away, my aunts, they pray by name. Go through the whole, whole list of family, pray by name every day, you know, and I know that's what kept me safe. Mm. Um, so then, of course, I called my mom. I rather call mom and call mom. She wakes up and I'm like, what's going on? I just got robbed and kidnapped. She started going crazy. Where you at? Where you at? The officer gives the address. Call my sister, and my sisters start bawling, like, Earl, where you at? We on the way, I'm grabbing the kids and say, Sinead, I'm fine now, like, I'll see you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I'll see you tomorrow. Um, she said, Earl, you gotta stop hanging with them. They're not bad people, Earl, but you just never know what kind of problems they had back home. Yeah. Like, Earl, you're not normal. I know you look at yourself being normal, Earl, you're not normal. Mm -hmm. You can't move around, everybody else move around. Um, now, do you think it's more of you trying to be humble than it is feeling you're, I'm gonna say above somebody, but you want to fit in a little bit? Is that what it is? Nah, no, I, I, it's definitely me being humble. Like I said, I look at, like, I'll be out, you know, and I, everybody in the city know me. Mm -hmm. And somebody will stop me and have, try to have a conversation. Usually somebody, usually people from, you know, in that, that stature, you know, if you think, if you, even if you think somebody's kind of under you or below you, or if you don't know the person, you'll just keep walking. Mm -hmm. I'll have a conversation with anybody. Hey, Earl, man, how's it going? I'm like, hey, man, all this, all this, how are you, man? I'm holding up, man, you know? And a lot of, I get a lot of the same answer, like, you know, just maintain. I said, but we, we can't maintain, you know? And I just, I, I try to positively impact everybody I, I come across and everybody I speak to, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's because of, I just know where I could have been, where I come from, you know? And that's why another man, I everybody on the same, on this same, same level. Mm -hmm. um, so it's definitely me being humble, man. Me not looking at myself above anybody else, you know? But after that, I, had, I knew I couldn't live my life that way anymore. Um, but the, the thing I got in this whole situation, you know, even after, um, I was moving around normal two days later, just normal. People was like, Earl, how are you even moving around after this? Like, you just, like, nothing happened. I'm like, you know, I, I literally prayed my way through this situation. Like, God removed me from this situation. God showed me how faithful he is. He showed me what he could do. Mm -hmm. My faith is unbreakable now. Mm -hmm. Like, my faith can't be broken. Like, and I look at it that way. Like, that's, why that's why I'm able to move around like nothing happened. You know, and that's that's kind of how I viewed the whole, literally the whole situation. Never looked back at like, yo, you know, people are like, oh, I need, I would need therapy for like that that weekend. I, that's why I moved to Florida officially. Mm -hmm. um, I was talking to my old manager, Sharif Floyd, and Sharif Floyd was like, yo, oh, that happened. And I was talking to them Saturday. They was like, that happened Tuesday. Yeah. I told them the same thing. That happened Tuesday. I said, yeah. It was like, bro, how? Like Sharif said, bro, I would have been in my house for months. I'm gonna left my house. Cause when you called me, I was just like, this just happened. Cause you called me maybe seven o'clock, eight o'clock in the morning. Yep. I was like, Earl, what is happening? I just had got kidnapped. Two, three o'clock. I'm like, yeah. dog, you, why are you calling me? You're like, call the cops. Like, I can't do nothing for you. <laughs> but I was just the whole time I was just thinking in my mind I was like, it's something traumatizing. Cause the way you described it, it was it was so rare. It just had happened. I just tried to paint the picture of me being in the back of the car. I could not do it. Yeah. I would not. Shoot, I would crack, man. Yeah, bro. That's, that's like. Willpower, right there. But like my, my whole life flashed before me. Literally, I started seeing flashbacks in my life, bro. When I was in that backseat, like right. that, I'm like, y'all, there's no way I'm dying like this. And it just shows you, bro. Like, if if, if you're faithful, and if you're mentally strong, you can make it through anything, bro. That's anything. True. And because and I know, I said once again, bro. Like when I have kids, even my nephews and other people, when I just continue to tell them my testimony and my story, man, it's so powerful. And I feel like it's, it's definitely life changing. It definitely is. I mean, shoot, you've been through so much. I really say a, a short gap of time that most people 
can't even endure over a lifetime. Yeah. And the fact that you're able to go through it, not only on the football field, but then take those things and help yourself outside of the football field. And even with the stuff that went on that was traumatizing while you were still playing football, to collectively build yourself the way you are now speaks volumes to you because many people do not know what you go through on a daily basis when you're facing an injury or you're facing something like that. You kind of suppress, you put it down because we're men. We feel like I can take on anything. I have to take on anything because my family depends on me. My son depends on me. My, my daughter depends on me. My wife, whatever it is. So we hide those feelings, hide those emotions so much that it takes a toll on you. Yeah. And the ones that are able to express themselves, that's the biggest thing. If you can express yourselves while you're going through that pain or going through that adversity, that doesn't make you weaker, it makes you stronger. And you've exemplified that. No matter what, you always have a smile on your face. No matter what is going on in your life, you're always trying to help somebody else out. We could be out, you'll talk to the mailman, you'll talk to my dog, you'll talk to my next door neighbor, you'll talk to the next door neighbor. That's just who you are because I understand you want to make everybody's day better. Yeah. And that's what is really important is no matter what you may be going through, somebody else could probably go through worse. And if you can just brighten their day by saying hi, hello, or having a small conversation, that speaks volumes. Yeah. So for you, I, I definitely appreciate you coming on the show for me, no, bro. For sure, man. Telling your story. I think this is sure. something that is way overdue because you've told it before, but I don't think people really understood because they, they're just not in the shoes of you. So being an athlete or anybody that wants that attention, you got to understand it comes with a price. Yep. And most of the time we don't understand that price. We just want to be the me person, the me person. But when you really look at it, it's not just about you. It's, it's how you represent yourself and how you represent yourself to others and how you affect others. So I definitely appreciate you for coming on, man. Again, conversation sure. with Carol, bro. And, and finally, dog, I got, my, I got one of my boys on here, so yeah. it's, it's good, man. I'm glad you came on. No, nah, for sure. Hey, man, my pleasure, man. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you for just allowing me to use this platform, you know, to, to give awareness and just to help others. You know, that's what it's all about. That's yeah, what life is about, man. Definitely. I appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. Thank for you, sure, man. bro. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.